Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. government overthrow without saying coup a bunch. And I don't know. I don't even know why I did it in that voice. I, I don't know either. It I sounded do. very like Zangief from uh, it, I was... <laughs> it did! You know what? I, not unrelated, that Mortal Kombat trailer was fucking badass. Oh and my god. the limited funds that they had to make that, I was very impressed. All the the only scene I needed to see was Sub Zero snapping off Jax's arms, and I was like, "Yeah, Boom. like I'm, well, I'm well, one." As soon as he like started freezing his arms, I was like, "Oh, I'm well. into this." And then, and then later, I don't exactly know the move, but he like cut off some dude's hand and then froze the hand in midair, made it, and then made like it, made it into a knife and then stabbed him. Honestly, if I had like Sub Zero. And Goro, what looks pretty good in that movie, I could uh-huh. overthrow the government on Earth. For sure. 100%. That's the, an army like of Goro. three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I'll be honest. I'm a, I very much love the original one. Um, a nostalgic lover of it. Sure. But there are some, like, Goro and the lizard look rough. Can I ask, what about the, the sequel, uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, that we came out? We don't talk about we, in like uh, 98 i wanted to like it yeah sure like, i was like oh cool like they're gonna get part of the appeal of the original is how campy it is yeah, sure i was of like course. well if they if they kind of use that again in the second it should be okay and everything about the second didn't work no nope, uh-huh. nope. and also uh mortal Kombat still hands down has one of the best fight songs to ever exist anywhere Mortal Kombat! We should high five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five, son! High five! Don't let me hang it. That was nice. I like the little Mortal Kombat uh, segue conversation. That's fun, <laughs> and it's timely yeah, because that's the government. We need the best song out there, and Mortal that's Kombat the thing. Song oh. Is the song? <laughs> I think okay, Mia. Let's start there. Actually, if okay. we were going to overthrow the government, you know, okay, so they failed at it a couple of weeks ago, but I think it might have been the soundtrack. You know, they're that's going fair. in with Toby Keith. They're going in with mm. terrible, terrible stuff. Like. Yeah. 
honestly, and I'm not no advocating. Offense to, no yeah, offense to also, Toby Keith. Yes, I agree. Very much offense to Toby Keith. Um, <laughs> but like, and and again, it was terrible. They're terrorists, and they should they should burn for their crimes. But if someone had been like Mortal Kombat, it might have set a different tone. It really would have. Well, Giuliani tried. He was like, trial by <laughs> combat! Giuliani's <laughs> 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 like your creepy uncle that's like, I'll play Mortal Kombat with you. Can I do a fatalities? I'm so good at it. A-A-A-B-X-B. Oils. Oil tality. <laughs> Babe that's, that's Rudy Giuliani's fatality as the oil slicks off of his head and the person <laughs> slips back and cracks their head open on the ground. And then it does that cool like x-ray view where you just see like their skeleton and as they hit the ground their skull like cracks in half. And then it's like babality and Trump shows up in a diaper. You whoopsie! <laughs> whoopsie! Perfect. Perfect. Oh, God, that's so good. Uh, I will say just a quick disclaimer before we get into this episode. No matter how many jokes we make, if the CIA is listening to this, High Five does not have any plans to overthrow the government. Just putting that out there. Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) Uh, I mean, no plans. Right. Um, If it happens, it happens. You know. know, I don't know. If we put our heads together, we're unstoppable. If people wish to put us in positions of power, I mean... Fine, We're not going to stop them. I right, have dresses right, right, prepared, right. okay? I have dresses prepared. Sweet. Kind of like the Hunger Games, where you're yeah, like oh coming yeah. in and you're just oh like, yeah. from District okay. 3, Mia St. Clair! And you have like your dress catches on fire and shit. And she's, yeah, she around. spins around and goes, <laughs> man. Hey, Mia, if you could work which, on that, that'd be great. Speaking of that exact effect, did you guys see the trailer for Cruella? Yes. And how Emma Stone also did the like dress burns off and reveals another dress underneath. <laughs> it was, it was, I actually really enjoyed it. It wasn't a I movie I asked for, but I was like, I want to watch this now. Here, here's the thing. I'm reserving judgment on the movie itself. I love Emma Stone and I love the visual style of what I think they're trying to accomplish sure. with this movie. Mm-hmm. I have reservations about the need for a Cruella story, considering sure. she is like straight up evil. Uh-huh. Like it's not like a redeeming story. Her name like, is literally Cruel Devil. Cruel, cruel <laughs> Devil. And it's like, well, she's not that bad. She's wearing her victim's skin. Yes. Yes. Puppies. Like, mind you. And, and and I'll be and I have to nerd out about this and I have to give Amanda credit because I didn't even know this on the book that the the 101 Dalmatians is based off of. Uh-huh. There is a line in the book that Krilla says that's like she just takes pleasure in killing the animals that like that annoy her. Yes, yeah, project. And so so for me, it's like visual style, actress, people. I get like, like why cool. the movie was made. But it's a big hurdle to be like, are you going to make me try and like her? I don't know. After all. Okay. I will say that's what I gathered from the trailer. And I was going to ask you guys, is anybody else getting like severe, like Joaquin Phoenix Joker vibes off the trailer? Yeah. I'm thinking they almost have to do it that way. That's what it felt like they were wanting to do is they're like, let's just watch her descend into madness 
and turn into a villain. Not because let's be honest, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker it's not necessarily about making you sympathetic for his character. Like he's no. still, he's still from beginning to end is a pretty like fucked up individual. Yes. Um, and which I, by the way, and to put one quick note, just sure. as my public statement on it, that, that to me is why I don't ever, I didn't get too much in the camp of man, this movie is like way pro incel and like, you know, uh, all that like anger and i'm like i don't know if it's pro any of that Anything. it's not making him look <laughs> awesome <laughs> no no in no way i 100 agree and i the my first initial reaction was i turned to Haley after we watched the trailer and i was like not only did i get joker vibes off of it i was like this feels like it may be a little dark for disney like it felt like at one point she's carrying around like a bottle of brandy i was like they're really like I wouldn't be surprised if it got like a PG 13 rating. Like it just feels like Disney was trying to go like, let's make something for the, t for the hot topic teens. You know, you know what, what I mean? Like why not? They used to make uh, the black cauldron and watcher in the woods. Scary. Totally Disney. agree. Totally agree. Show me a drunk Cruella deciding that she wants to murder puppies. I'll tell you what, John Wick would have a fucking field day with Cruella DeVille. He really like, would. Because that she dude is the ultimate villain for do him. Do you think Cruella DeVille exists in the Wikiverse? Could they uh, be about to merge? <laughs> That's what's happening. Disney somehow, do they? Wait, is John Wick it. a, I was about to say, is John Wick a Fox film? Because if so, oh. Disney could be making oh, this so happen. Disney probably owns it somehow, but I'll tell you, like, okay, so you've got John Wick, and we know that his big thing is if you kill a dog, specifically his, you're gone. She's yeah. like the supervillain of his world. Exactly. Like, it's all been leading up, like, John John Wick is working his way through the ranks, <laughs> and it turns out that, like, Cruella DeVille is just, but if that happens, I do say I want uh, Glenn Close back to reprise her role as Cruella DeVille. She'd have, she'd have to. Uh, that would be so nice. You know what I mean? We could do a flashback to like an Emma Stone like flashback, but no, it has to be Glenn Close hand fighting Keanu Reeves at the end of this. <laughs> hand movie. fighting, it has to happen. Listen, Cruella, I'm not cool with you killing all of these puppies. I thought I was out, but now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> well, John, you know, that's a pretty nice suit you're wearing. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, I need a poster of this stat. Any of our talented artist friends out there, I need a Glenn Close, Cruella DeVille, uh, Keanu Wick. Reeves, John Wick mashup movie poster. Please. Immediately, make yes. this happen, people. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Well, speaking of uh, destroying our world with cool ideas, uh, we should talk <laughs> government overthrows. <laughs> uh, I will say that this was a this was a hard one for me because I completely misunderstood. Well, not completely misunderstood, but I I took the topic too literally when we initially proposed this. Same. And we actually ended up having to postpone this episode, I'll admit to everyone on air, because I was like, I'm gonna be honest, I looked, I just Googled movies, movies about, about coups. <laughs> Yep. And like every movie on the list, with the exception of like maybe one or two, I was like, I've never seen this. It's some like foreign dated yep. film. Not that I have a problem with dated or foreign films, but 
you know, usually foreign dated films about coups are not like top on my movie watching uh, priority list. Well, they're not like always the recommended on Netflix. <laughs> exactly. Very, very rarely does uh, Netflix recommend Charlie Chaplin's The Dictator. Um, <laughs> What's next? <laughs> Le Homme <Jacques> Gouvernement. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, Parentheses, okay. 1932. Cool. You like Schitt's Creek? You'll love this. <laughs> yeah, you'll love Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah, okay. Weird jump, Netflix, but I guess. Um, so we kind of went back and retooled it. So not only is it just about coups, but this is basically any movie about a government entity being, like, toppled, essentially. Yeah, right. And, 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 you know, and I, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking government overthrow, government conspiracy, not even like conspiracy just in general, but a conspiracy to disenfranchise the government sure. and like wobble its foundations and yeah. things of that nature. Um, I tried personally, and, and uh, I tried to avoid ones that were like about a single like assassination, like, oh, it's about a congressman and virginia getting killed or something sure i i juggled some of those but i think i i found um i ended up coming up with a list of wow this is better than i thought and i've seen more of these and more of these i'm excited to talk about than i thought yeah yeah i i will agree with that mia how did you end up making your list since you and i were kind of the odd the odd guys out how did you end up making what you got now well so I so I did the same thing. I researched movies about coups, and sure. I ended up paying for one of them that is definitely not on the list, called The Colony or Colonia. And I watched it, and it was the most BSiest BS. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's like, not on my list either, by the way. But wow! It was hot take about Colonia. I don't even. I've never even heard that movie. Good. It was just not it. It's, it was a movie about a, a but it was a, it wasn't even about the actual coup. Like the overthrow of the government was way in the background, way in the background. It was not at the forefront. It was not the basis of the movie. It was just this stuff was happening while this stuff was happening. And the coup part was happening way over there. So <laughs> I was so yeah. frustrated watching it. It's like, I spent money on this, waste of my time. I needed a movie. Ridiculous. I needed a movie about a civil war, and I watched Pan's Labyrinth. God damn it, it's an amazing movie, but it's got nothing to do with the Civil War. Well, <laughs> tangentially a... has to do with the Civil War, but it's not a, the main thing. Exactly. So the background. Uh, I re <laughs> I I love that you did that. I just looked at the list and was like, I'm not renting any of these. These all look <laughs> terribly boring. <laughs> Uh, so you have way more gusto than I did. Uh, I will say that I went through and just thought about um, not even necessarily real world governments. I just thought about government entities at a, as a whole, like things that represent a government, a governing body that people are fighting against. Um, Ooh, I, I kind of like that approach. I'll be interested to see what you come up with. Yeah, so I, I have several movies on here that I think may surprise people, maybe a couple that don't. But I will say once I opened it up to the world of less of like 
a literal movie where they set out to have a coup at the beginning and they accomplished the coup by the end. <laughs> yeah. Like as soon as I like eliminated those films and opened it up to like, all right, anyone kind of like battling against an oppressive like governmental system to try and like create change. Right. It's kind of the route that I went. Which, so, which I think is an interesting way to go. One thing I want to ask, and and Mia, I'm curious specifically with you on this because yeah. I know that uh, I know that some you're ex- you're diving deeper into your in your movie journey here. Yes. And so one of the things that I don't see as much of nowadays that I really did like were like political thrillers, and that sounds dumb and like an old person thing to say, but like movies like. Um, well, I don't want to name any because I might blow some up. But, uh, <laughs> but like there are movies that were are about assassinations or people getting wrapped up, like common people getting wrapped up in government conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And those types of movies don't exist as much anymore. I, think- I don't. And I think that was one of the reasons I had a tough time coming up with a list like off the top of my head. Because yeah. I was like, well, I've got to go back at least 10 years almost at, to find anything. Yeah. I think it's because... <laughs> it's so much closer Mm. to happening like the internet and people constantly chasing after what does this mean what does this mean what are the links you know all of that stuff that the idea that there's there's a select group of people that are running the world is very real nowadays than it was in the 90s where (laughs) in my head a bunch of the movies that I had even thought of were coming from in the 90s. Mia, that is so funny that you said it like that. And I love that so much. And I think you're right though. Cause it's like, man, I don't want to watch Mel Gibson spout nonsense about conspiracy theories and make it seem all crazy, but about <laughs> secret government organizations that are running <laughs> things and that believe people are lizard people and running cannibalistic radical left, like cannibal parties, because well, I watched that on CNN yesterday and real people believe yeah. that. It's- and I learned all about Q- QAnon. So, I yeah. mean, like. There we go. <laughs> it's Which, by the way, Q? can I just, I know, can I just put that out there? Fuck you, QAnon, because you've ruined my fucking letter and it makes me mad. Like and now. They did. I know. So I'm taking it back. Fuck you, QAnon. You can't have it. No. It's mine. Hashtag. Yes. Hashtag take back the queue. Yeah. Hashtag take back the queue. That's no, the movement. That, that right is right our right rebellion right. against just shitty can, conspiracy right wing assholes. Can we gather a crew and overthrow QAnon? Where's their headquarters? Yeah, let's find that. It, well, it doesn't exist. That's the problem. Oh, it's not right. They thing. collapse themselves because they're <laughs> stupid. Because they're idiots. That's right. I forgot oh, how right. stupid they were. <laughs> oh man, I remember how stupid QAnon is. Oh, I forgot <laughs> how stupid QAnon is for a minute. Oh, and uh, well, while stupid well, while, stupidity. While they list ways that they failed, we should list movies in which people succeed. Yes, that's <laughs> the best segue ever. QAnon is stupid. <laughs> This is where we make a list. A list. Three, two. List. All right. Man, that was good. Thank you. 
thank you thank you thank you i just came right off the top of the dome no rehearsal no practice i know just... i know we we postponed the oscars last year but q i'm giving you a post year a post annual oscar for oh, that thank segue. you Best i segue appreciate that. of 2021 thank you i'd like to thank god uh, i'd like to thank my family um i'd like to thank michael k brown um, oh, I would Just like for the inspiration. To, yeah, I would like to thank uh, Christian Bale. I don't know him, but he was great in The Machinist. So I'd like to thank him Seems. just for being a dedicated actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frances McDormand because she kicks ass. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, all right, I'm gonna wrap it up. I'll see you guys later. Thank you very much. I I appreciate it. Um, no, I am so jazz to talk about this list now that i actually have a list as opposed to the last time we were going to talk about it and i didn't have a list so i was infinitely less excited uh mia start us off what's your number five my number five is manchurian candidate oh yes oh can i ask which manchurian candidate thank you denzel's version of manchurian Candidate. okay perfect okay well they also had frank sinatra manchurian candidate they did and i and i uh, but it was so much easier to find the denzel one and it used to be in my house i just wasn't allowed to watch it as a child so it feels gratifying you you weren't allowed to watch the denzel one huh no you weren't allowed to watch the denzel one oh Oh, interesting yeah Uh, i mean to be fair it's not necessary I was also going to say, to be fair, it's not necessarily like family viewing. Well, like, I no, don't want to sit down with okay. my kids and watch the Manchurian Candidate. But I mean, it's rated R, so I usually it would have fallen into the category of you can't watch R-rated movies as a kid. Oh, sure. It's not like you can't watch R-rated movies or the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> God damn it! It's like why that one specifically? That's a very weird one to pick out. Like The Exorcist, I get you know society, sure. Um, but like the Manchurian can it? But yeah, I guess. <laughs> it was um higher, but I moved it down because it was one of those that, like you were saying, just assassinate this one person. Yeah. Um, sure. And it'll do but the in the Manchurian Canon, there's this this evil con- like people yeah. people working in the background and yeah this senator was put at the forefront so if you just assassinate this guy then you ruin their plan so it I'm, was a little bit of an in-between i mean it's essentially like mk ultra type stuff like yeah. conspiracy you, yes. know, where you have like all these like sleeper agents that don't yes. know that they're like programmed to be like assassins exactly. well, and that's one of the things i mean and it's a common trope nowadays but to be like peanut butter falcon it's like yes sir tell me what my orders are you know like i'm shia idea. labeouf <laughs> <laughs> oh he might be a sleeper cell yeah, um, he's an actual cannibal he's an act- you know what at this point who knows we know Maybe. army hammer is um, an actual cannibal. <laughs> Sad. um but uh Oh, what was I even saying? Oh, but yeah, the idea of like the sleeper cells and being activated, that's what's so exciting and fun about, I think that movie in general, the original, I'm a big fan of, uh, just because it was that idea. And the original is like, well, we've got to, we're going to awaken all these sleepers to basically destabilize the government. And in, in that time, it was big commie fear. And it was great. Like it was just a fun trope that has now, what I think kind of interwoven itself with the idea of government overthrows, like this idea of sleeper cells yep. and 
are they real and are they you know what is russia and the soviet union doing with them i i also love that choice uh mia because as like to add to the plethora of things that i am afraid of in life uh the idea of being an unwilling participant in something Mm -hmm. like that and not ultimately having control over yourself is terrifying like that's a terrifying thought that like somebody could program you and now no matter what you do like you can't undo it there you guys will uh you'll see a theme on my list because I'm going to agree with that is control is an, or, or loss of control or control is, is a theme on my, I think that, and that, that plays into the idea of coups, but like, it's not on my list, but something like Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf sure. speaking of that idea of a normal person being completely and unwittingly pulled into a thing that's much greater than them mm-hmm. is freaky and it's very, it's intriguing. And I think that's the ultimate, for me, appeal of these types of movies. I will so say- I, I couldn't agree more, Mia. Yeah, well, well done. Well done, way to start this list. So speaking of uh, seeing the theme in, in your uh, choices, Jay, what is your number five? So my number five is full on pulp, just fun, but I wanted to add it because I did have a good time with the movie, but it's Olympus sure. Has Fallen. Oh, sure. Gerard Butler, American Mike. Listen, they're not going to win any Oscars and they're not like cinematic masterpieces, but they're that, that one, Olympus has fallen the first one. They're, sure. they're, the sequels dabble in ridiculousness, but at least that first one is so much fun. And it also, it, this was, it was um, not White House Down though. They both came out. Was it the same yeah. year yeah. that they came out? And White, White House, House Down, Down, who was that? Was that Channing Tatum or was Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. Yes. Oh, that's right. Okay. And yep. then yep, Olympus yep, 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 Has yep. Fallen is Gerard Butler and-, and Morgan um, Freeman. Yep. No. Oh, wait. Is it Aaron Mor- Eckert in the first one, I think, and Morgan Freeman in the sequels. Oh, he doesn't become the president until the sequels? I thought it was Morgan Freeman from the outset. That's no, right. no. Morgan Freeman is um is the speaker of the house in the first one. Oh, and then he becomes the president. Yeah, but okay. So here, I'll uh, I'll remind yeah, ex- you. Yeah, explain the fallen verse. So, <laughs> so uh, Gerard Butler is a Secret Service guy, and he used to be the Secret Service like agent, um, directly responsible for Aaron Eckhart, the president, and his family. Okay. There was a limousine crash, and the president's wife dies. And Gerard oh. Butler felt responsible. And so he left the Secret Service essentially, or got sure. another job or something. And that's like the first 10 minutes of the movie. So later, Aaron Eckert is still president. And uh, Gerard Butler is at the White House. And then uh, I think it's North Korean terrorists take over the White House. And Gerard Butler is there. It's kind of like Die Hard, it's Die Hard in the White House. Sure. Uh, and it's really, and it's, it's fun. It's fun as hell. But essentially, it's Aaron Eckert who is a widower trying to protect his daughter and then Gerard ah. Butler trying to redeem himself by not being able to protect Aaron Eckert's family the first time. And then in Got subsequent it. sequels, Aaron Eckert leaves the presidency and Morgan Freeman takes charge. And then Morgan Freeman is the, uh, is the rescuee in some of the sequels. Yeah. Cause essentially they, I'm pretty sure they have like three of those now. Right. And I think there might even be like a yes. fourth one on the way. 
I don't know. I lost track after the first one. The first one was fun, and I liked it better than White House Down or whatever that one was. Um, but yeah, the first, I don't know. It was just a fun action movie. And I was like, man, I like this. I feel like it becomes, you run into the same problem. I like that you made the uh, Die Hard comparison. I feel like you run into the same problem as you do with Die Hard and sequels, which is like, how many times can this same thing happen to this one guy kind of scenario? Like how many times can, you know, the president be put in harm's way (laughs) and Gerard Butler be the only person who can save him? Like that just seems like an unlikely uh, scenario. If you're looking at actual Sutherland's like, Kiefer Sutherland's off the side going, preach. <laughs> you, I played Jack Bauer for like five seasons of the same thing happening in, within Eight, 24 hours. Eight, Eight seasons? Eight seasons. Cool. Eight, my friend. Cool. Yeah. So, so technically eight days, right? Damn right? Eight days. Because each, each season's only 24 Just hours a day. He did eight <laughs> days of filming. It wasn't God, very perfect. much. That's oh a wild. That's amazing. Yeah. That whole entire that's, show. That's, that's why. <laughs> Lasted for like 12 years, only eight days of filming. <laughs> Figure that mm-hmm. out, Hollywood. Um, I like that. Yeah. I think those are both really good. I like that you had fluff. Mia, you had more kind of a traditional government conspiracy style movie. I'm going to keep with the fluff tradition. And my number five is going to be like fluffy, fluff, fluffy, fluff, fluff. Uh, and my number five is the hunger games. Um, I put it on there because I I, I enjoyed those movies. If I'm being totally honest, I enjoyed the hunger game movies. Um, and it is about essentially a people rising up and trying to like take back their lives from this, you know, over overreaching government entity that is forcing them to play these, you know, sadistic games. Well, especially if you look at the whole run of the hunger games. Yep. Like, yep. War. And that's kind of about a coup. And that's kind of what, cause I was like, I could do like a mocking Jay part one and two or mocking Jay part two. Cause that's like where the coup actually like takes place. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. Um, But I just put the Hunger Games as like sure. a the Hunger Games. Mia yeah. has introduced the idea of just including like a series <laughs> of films. I'm sorry, you're welcome. <laughs> I and accept and fuck you. Since it's so <laughs> low on my list, I was like, yeah, it's the Hunger Games. <laughs> like the whole the whole thing. Uh, I really like the idea, and it's a really like classic literary character trope of like the savior character that has to like be the one to like rise up and be a martyr for society to like show them the error of their ways in following some sort of like dark-hearted government entity and i like it it's a it was a well-done fun movie with like you know fun characters um but like i said it's fluff ultimately it's fluff it's not winning any academy awards Except for special effects, maybe. I, say, I think it did win I, one. Or I it got feel nominated. like it got something, um, but it's not. You know, it's it's a young adult book series and it's a young adult film series. It's you know, what? it's full fine on, and enjoyable. Full on defense. Who cares? They're fun. Those books yeah. are good and well written. 
and yep. the movies are, are quite done. Question for the group, both of you. Favorite sure. of the series. Do you have a favorite movie in the series? Um, I think my favorite movie was the... I don't remember what it's called, but it was this the second Catching one. Fire. Yeah, Catching, Catching Fire. Fire. Yeah, I, I like the one with the too. the burning dress. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I like when they and I forget his name, but the guy who eventually was the actor in Westworld, um, Jeffrey something. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh shit, Jeffrey character. Wright. Thank Bernard you. Arnold's actor. Yes, Bernard. Yes. Arnold. <laughs> Yes, he him. I really like him, but his character and when his character got introduced, and then I think um, Jenna Malone, Maroney, yeah. is it Maroney uh, Malone? How do you say Malone? Her I think Malone. it's Jenna Malone. Yeah, I like her as well, and her character introduction. Like that movie, I thought widened that universe in a really good way. So yeah, agreed. I agree. Yeah. So that's it. A soft five, just kind of like uh, lobbing it out there, because the rest uh -uh. of mine get increasingly intense as we go on. Same, same. All right, Mia, number four. My number four is, ironically enough, Hunger Games, but it's Mocking J two. <laughs> nice. What? We got bookends. We do have bookends. It was. Um, I. It felt like I had to put this on the list. Sure, I get that. Um, smart. even though it was fluff, it was pretty on the nose, especially towards the end. They're like, no, we're overthrowing you guys. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it felt like it would have been a disservice and it was originally my number five, but like I said, I, I moved Minchery and candidate down because I actually want the rest of my stuff to be right. Spicy stuff. <laughs> sure. No, I like that. Well, yeah, I, I obviously agree with you that it should be on the list. Uh, and uh, yeah, I like it. it I think I struggled with, so I read all the books and sure. I struggled with it because uh, the main plot outside of the coup was sister one trying to protect sister two and spoiler alert, sister two ended up passing away anyway. So it's like she went through all of yeah. this stuff and still she couldn't keep her sister safe. And that was as, as the oldest sibling with a younger sister. Yeah. That was very frustrating to me. So it's very hard to finish reading the book and then it was very hard to then watch the movies, but I felt that obligation. I read the books, I need to watch the movies. I, I will agree, Mia, but in my, in my opinion, I think that is the, and I forget the author's name, but I think that was the best and smartest thing that she did. That was the most consequential element of that entire run because of that. like. Her yeah. motivation was getting in because of her sister. And right. eventually she saved everybody, but couldn't do the one thing that she wanted. And then the question of, was it worth it? Like, and, mm -hmm. and she deals with that. And, oh, I just, yeah. I thought that the, them, that was the, one of the bravest things that author did, I think. Suzanne Collins. Just Thank to, you. No problem. Thank you. I figured she should get the recognition since we're talking about her. Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. I think, man, I didn't even think I stuck mostly to the real world on my list, but man, that those are uh, hunger games fits right into this. That's so good. Uh, Mine gets Jeffrey Wright. Yes. Yeah, Jeffrey I love Wright. him. He's so I good. cannot wait to see him as commissioner Gordon in the new Batman movie. I am so pumped. I think he's going to be fantastic. I, I mean, in the trailer, he looks 100,000% the part. And he, his, 
his mannerisms, like he can be what I think of as uh, Commissioner Gordon. That kind of like stoic. I actually like him because I, I enjoyed Gary Oldman like version of Commissioner Gordon, but I didn't love it because I probably the Commissioner Gordon that I'm most familiar with was the version from Batman the Animated Series, which was just yes. kind of this like blockheaded, serious Kind of like yeah. bah, 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 bah. Almost, almost like, like a, a Jonah Jameson. Yes, exactly. Is that what you were about to say? Yes, yes. Uh, almost like a J. Jonah Jameson. And so when I saw uh when I saw him as uh I already forgot his name, Jeffrey Wright. When Gordon. I saw oh, Jeffrey Gordon. Wright as Commissioner Gordon in the trailer, I was like, Yeah, that he like looks and feels like the animated series. Commissioner yeah. Gordon, just this kind of like stoic, serious, kind of just like, mm, I don't know, Batman yeah, kind of the thing. Book, we go by this book. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas Gary Oldman always feels a bit loose, like a loose cannon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I love, I, I, yes, Gary Oldman was great. Everything about those movies is fantastic. It's great. Including Gary Oldman because of how they reimagined and real and like realized all of it. Yes. But it's not comic book, but it's not comic book anything. But sure. yes, to your point, like I love Gary Oldman, but it's not like that's that's a little bit different of the of the Commissioner Gordon that I expect. Exactly. Yeah. So solid, 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 solid. Uh, well, what do, what do you got then, Jay, for number four? Okay, so I'm gonna go on the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, my number four is a movie that flew under the radar a handful of years ago, but I really liked it, and it got a lot of just talk about kind of online. But the movie was The Death of Stalin. Did you guys oh, see sure. that? I Wasn't have. That yes, like a comedy. Yes. Yeah. Oh was- Rumi watches that all the time. He has With a. Steve- he loved Steve it. Buscemi. With Steve Buscemi. Um, it was written by the guy. I can't ever pronounce his name correctly, but he's like behind. He does a lot of the Veep. He created Veep. Um, Antonio Ian Canelli or something like that. Uh, but he does a lot of those types. So he did In the Loop and he did Veep and he did, I think there was a show, uh, another HBO show that he did with Jack Black or something like that. But he does those comedic political intrigue type stories almost satire yes very satire what what is it armando ianucci ianucci that's right ianucci um and i just i love his take on stuff like his satire his comedy i like dark comedy but it's not quite dark it's just tongue-in-cheek satirical comedy yeah and then the death of stalin essentially is for people who haven't seen it is it takes place near the end of World War II. Joseph Stalin gets sick and dies and his entire council gets thrown into turmoil to figure out how to display it to the world and then who should be in charge. And it's just political bickering with a bunch of infantile professionals. And it's hilarious. It's very good and it's very funny. And it kind of, it tangentially, in my opinion, fits this uh, category because it's not like someone purposefully overthrew the government but the government was overthrown by nature and you're watching people react to it. Sure. And, and I just, it's one movie. It's a, I think everybody should watch it. I think it's hilarious. If you like Veep, um, watch, watch uh, Death of Stalin. Very good. Yeah, I, I have seen it and it had never crossed my radar, but, but now that you're talking about it, I'm like, I should have, that should have been an easy pick for me. 
because I have I, I seen it. I think it's genius. I, I actually really enjoy it. It is. I just, man, yeah. It's it's one of those that it fits such a perfect, he has such a unique voice. Mm-hmm. And the way that he does stuff is it's just so fun. And my God, Stephen Buscemi. I mean, Steve Buscemi. I call him <laughs> Stephen because I love him. But yes. Stephen, Steve Buscemi. My goodness, what can't that man do? Firefighter, actor, humanitarian, angel. All of it. God. He plays God at a show. I think. Have you seen that show on like, yeah, he plays God on like with um, with with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Yes. I saw the second season of that show when they reimagined it in a medieval world. Yeah, it's pretty good. And it it was all right. Yeah, I mean. That's fine. They're having a ball and I like watching them have fun. Sure. Agreed. Totally agreed. Uh, so my, my number four actually goes to the darker side too. Um, and I do something a little bit unusual for me, which is I went and, and grabbed an old film. Um, one that I had seen, I know shocker. Um, so my (laughs) number four, 2011, (laughs) my number four is 1966's Fahrenheit four, five, one. Um, oh man, the Francois Truffaut film. It's oh, really man. good. Yeah. And when I think government control and then kind of like rebellion from within, uh-huh. I immediately think Fahrenheit 451. Like the idea of, a, you know, the whole book burning control, mm. books being outlawed, and then one of their own kind of questioning, like, wait a minute, like, why? Why are we doing this? What's going on? And then rebellion from the inside, which I like. Um, And so I, I felt like it had to be on my list. It's lower down because, you know, it is a dated film. The, the book is better. They tried to do it. They tried to do a 2018 film with Michael Shannon and Michael B. Jordan, which by all accounts should have been like amazing. Those are both amazing actors um, it looked stellar. It just wasn't like, I don't know. It just didn't capture the same. I, I I'm with you on that one. And that's such a bummer too, because everybody involved in that should have like the pedigree was there. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, an interesting thing. I am mad at myself Q, Cause I didn't even, I didn't think about that one for my list, but I love that movie. Truffaut's great. That movie is, is to your point, a good representation of that story. Yeah. That story in particular was one of those books where I was forced to read it in school, but then was like, I love this book. And was like, wait, I can love books that I'm forced to read that are supposed (laughs) to be literary. Oh my God. What else is good? Like Fahrenheit 451 was that book for me that was kind of like, wow, like good books can be good books. Yeah. And I loved it. Um, there, yeah, there was something dirty and gritty and actiony and intriguing about it. And, and it, being a, a, a bibliophile, a lover of books myself, the idea of reading and education being the thing that saves humanity. And cool. being, the, I mean, just just the uh, the meta-ness of the fact that you're reading a book about the fact that books are outlawed. It yeah. automatically, and I think to speak to you, because you even said, you know, it felt gritty and dirty. I think that's why. I think it added to that feeling because here you are reading a story about how the government is like books are terrible, they're bad for you. 
and you're reading this in a book. So inherently in the back of your mind, you're already put into the mindset of like, I'm doing something subversive. Like this isn't, this shouldn't be allowed, which I think just amplifies the story. And so obviously that, that is not present for the film because you're not reading a book unless you watch it with subtitles on. And in that case, it does it does lend to the feeling oh. of you doing something subversive. Um, but yeah, Fahrenheit four five one one of Ray Bradbury's best stories, in my opinion. And um, man, he's got some good ones. As he does, uh, he as, really does. I know that uh, Q that you don't consider yourself a large reader, but Bradbury, we've talked about him before. I uh, yeah, I dig his stuff. Yep. So yeah, so that was my that's my number four Fahrenheit four five one. Perfect. Uh, like so Mia, that, that brings yeah. us to number three. Do 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 do. My number three is Captain America: Winter Soldier. My uh, number three is Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, my number three is not Captain America: Winter Soldier. <laughs> And I'm going to be totally honest. I didn't even think about that movie. It's not on my list. And okay. now I'm like, damn. <laughs> well, you know right. what? There you go. That's what you get for being smart and thinking of Fahrenheit 451. I'm going to counter <laughs> with some Mar- Me and Mia are going to counter with some Marvel. <laughs> Mia, you start off, but I'll, I'll tag team because this is definitely, okay. yeah, this was my number three. It's, it's, there's a lot that goes down in Winter Soldier. Yeah. It's also uh, probably my favorite Marvel movie. Um, even even including the end games and infinity wars of yeah. of like the like the monumental oh yeah ones. It, end, end games and stuff like that can't exist without the former movies so i i couldn't agree with you more winter yeah, soldier have have is i think my ability. favorite i don't know ragnarok is up there but winter <laughs> soldier i think is the best winter, like, winter it, soldier's definitely one of the best directed for sure mm-hmm. um the I think Winter Soldier was when we finally got a taste of the depth of the characters, what they're willing to do, what they've all been through, that there was a connection. It was Winter Soldier really opened the door to let us right. see truly into their world, in my mind. Because yeah. before it was just famous superhero, let's build him up. Famous superhero, let's build him up. But Winter Soldier was like, okay, well, now let's bring him back down a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's also that's also after watching that movie, I legitimately walked around for two weeks whispering Hail Hydra into everyone's ear that I could come just to see what they would with. do, just to see if they'd be like, Also, Hail Hydra. And I'd be like, Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Hydra. I got Hydra. I got a Hydra. I found one. I found one. But it's always bad because you do it while the elevator is still closed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, fuck. Got me a Hydra. <laughs> I, found, I found one. I'm stuck with it, but I found ah! one. <laughs> it was just, it was a, a very, it was like Manchurian Candidate in that mm-hmm. there were sleeper cells there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was more effective watch. It, it had a, an extra layer because they were their best friends and you're figuring out my best friend who, who I thought was dead. Is now he's also doing this thing. And then it just gets deeper and more layered from there. And you're, completely and totally emotionally invested it's like it's like what the fucky bucky like come on man uh captain america colon what the fucky bucky yes 
I need to. That was the original I, title, but Disney was like, mm, I don't know that parents will go for this. And they're like, well, we'll put a star, like an asterisk in there. I won't say fucky, Jesus. We'll have um, a dollar sign and an asterisk. <laughs> and it'll be, that's what we'll do. I will say, yeah, that's and as, um, by the way. <laughs> do what? Even... <laughs> Today, when I post on my Instagram stories, I have hashtag Sage, and I'll be like, on today's topic that we recorded today, and I'll- Hashtag what the fucky fuck. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I Captain America Winter Soldier was one, I loved it, Mia, for all the same reasons, but like the, I'm not huge on peer, like flashbacks and period pieces and all that. So mm -hmm. to see Captain America in modern times- and even as someone who like knows that Bucky is the Winter Soldier, the reveal of Bucky in that movie mm. and Steve Rogers, his reaction, the act, you know, the acting in it is so good. Like that, it's that movie has some of the best combinations of like legitimate acting, mm -hmm. legitimate screenwriting and script pacing, mm -hmm. and action scenes that are beyond belief. Then many movies like most movies i was gonna not only agree with that i think it may be one of the if we're talking like actual film like from a yep. critical standpoint i think it is the best marvel movie like yep. from a from a purely critical like film observation standpoint yes. it is the best written directed movie that they have in their pantheon I think and, when it comes to dissecting individual actors within the films, I think the only the only movie that Robert Downey Jr. himself acted better in than that one was Civil War. Watching that man oh, fall yeah. apart in Civil War is just, that is actually why I watch it. Just the de-escalation yeah. of who he is as a person to what he becomes at the end. Civil so War... If he doesn't give that good of a performance in Civil War, that whole movie almost doesn't work. Like it needs, exactly. it, you need to be on his side somewhat. Like mm -hmm. you need to understand why he's, you, you need that to. Doesn't, that shield doesn't belong to you. It belongs to my butt. <laughs> I have goosebumps right now because that's the only film um, where his performance was better there than, yeah. than Winter Soldier, but Winter Soldier wasn't about him either. No. Right. Oh, I, I think for for the actors that were in the film and meant to be a part of the film and then all, all the other stuff, I think that was chef kiss emoji, as they say. Nice. Very and, nice. And Robert Redford, like in a Marvel movie, doing great. Like one of my favorite things about Winter Soldier is that while the stakes are also world ending to a degree, mm -hmm. it's not the same level of world ending that and don't get me wrong, I love the cosmic elements of like the Thanos. Sure. Uh, and even like, but Ultron, I think is a great example of that's a bit too much. He's lifting an entire city to make mm -hmm. an asteroid to destroy the entire planet. Yeah. It's like, I mean, and, and other, uh, there's another podcast that makes this joke, but it's like 27 911s. It's like, how bad and big can right. we make it? And at some point, it's just egregious. But the the level of we have these floating drones that can by DNA assassinate people with guns is a level of world ending 
that I can kind of be like, that's too close to being something that could happen. <laughs> Real. That is scarier to me than un- an intergalactic demon in love with death who's going to snap out existence. <laughs> right. A total, totally 1,027% agreed. It feels the stakes are more real. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more yeah. palpable. Solid choice, man. Both of you guys. I didn't, I'm, I'm kicking my own ass for not <laughs> including that on the list. Uh, instead, I have another Disney-owned property on the Ooh. list at number three. Uh, okay. And my number three is Rogue One. Okay. Um, oh, nice. Because, once again, uh, this is a rebellion force that is trying to rise up against a overreaching government entity. And it is like the core story that Star Wars is founded off of. You know, episode uh, four opens with the crawl about this specific mission. And without this, you know, four, five, six seven eight nine (laughs) don't exist um and it's a great story and honestly like you and jay you and me and uh a and we all went and saw uh this movie and we left and i think we all had the same feeling we were all like that was an awesome that was an awesome movie like just as a movie it's a great film it's different yeah. than the Star Wars pantheon. It, it feels different. Awesome. Looks amazing, but it's a great movie. I mean, and ob- obviously, oh. um, you know, people liked that movie. They cared about that movie. I mean, we've got uh, Andor. Cassian Andor has his yep. own series coming to Disney Plus. Yes, he does. All about him being a, a lovable rogue uh, before before that movie but because spoiler alert there's no way they're making a sequel to that movie. <laughs> rogue two <laughs> and everybody's like no 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 we can't like we can't zo- do that like zombies <laughs> um no 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 like the, it, it, the tidal wave missed them their love protected them and spoiler alert if if that's you know if anybody's worried for the next few seconds, I'm going to talk about the end of that movie. And it actually, the end of that movie is what helped it cement its place on my list because uh, in the end of that movie, everyone essentially dies for the cause. Um, And a couple thing, a couple thoughts that I had when I saw that one that never happens in a Disney film, (laughs) like that rarely happens in any movie outside of a horror movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, two, uh, I thought that is also something that never happens in a Star Wars canonical thing. You know what I mean? It's very rarely is it that bleak. And it's only bleak on the living sense. Obviously, they were the spark of rebellion and they were able to hand off the uh, yeah. the information about the Death Star that they were trying to achieve. But still, like, everybody perished for it. And that truly is, like a rebellious martyrdom against the government. Like they were all willing to die for the cause kind of thing. And so I was like, man, that movie's got to be on there. Like it legitimately, that's a, a government subversion story through and through. So yeah. So my number three was that. I remember to, to pile on with the praise of that movie a little bit. I remember when that movie was coming out and I was so very nervous because one, it wasn't 
it was one of the only things that at least it might have been the first one that wasn't uh the skywalker saga it, it was, was it was the first yeah so it wasn't a movie it was a movie and i was like oh, okay how are we going to approach this and it was also something i knew had happened with it, it was contextualized within canon so i was like how are we gonna end this movie and that was a big thing for me going in was there's no way this ends with anyone living right and i because otherwise you're gonna spend the entire movie explaining well why haven't any of these characters popped up (laughs) exactly or like this is a yeah and so as it got closer, and Q, you were right, we saw this together. As that movie was ending and I was realizing they were going to kill everyone, I was like, all right, I'm totally in with this. And two, I remember walking out with two thoughts, and they were probably the two highest compliments I can give a movie like this. It's That was a really good movie. And that was a really good Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't say about all Star Wars movies. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I agree. I, outside of outside of man, the Mandalorian, it may be my favorite Star Wars like visual property outside of like the Skywalker saga. You know what I mean? Like we've had we've had other stuff, even even like animated series included mm-hmm. in that. Um, for me, I think it was a really cool. Like they did something without, and obviously you have that little Princess Leia button at the end of the movie. But sure. outside of that, like the entire movie exists essentially without mentioning any of the primary Star Wars legacy characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they still build an intriguing world with an intriguing story with characters that you care about. You know what I mean? Inside, it feels this... connected. Mm-hmm. It feels connected. Exactly. To everything oh, else. And I, I did forget. They do have maybe the most kick-ass Darth Vader scene on the face of the planet. Fact. When he's like walking through and just legitimately just like fucking like slamming people on ceilings and shit like that. I I totally forgot about that until right now. And now I'm sitting (laughs) back and I'm like, man, that was like fucking badass. Yeah. Okay, I that's what talk I about wanted it. to, guys. That's what I wanted to see in episode three. Like, I wanted to see that progression mm-hmm. of like this super powerful force wielder to this just like brutal, yeah. like brutal dude. And I think that's why two and three with Hayden Christensen, I think yeah. that's why they felt so like to me is because at no point did he ever become this person that I could see doing something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? At no point was he like fucking force choking yeah. people and like that's, tear your head off. You know what I mean? Like that's one reason though that Christensen's <laughs> those are bad. Oh, the, sure. they try to do that with the scene where he like slaughters the Tuscan Raider camp, but you—it's just like whiny baby doing it. It's like not him He's being like, a bad. You, you killed my mom. But. I will, I will say, and that, that was for me, one thing, and I will uh, associate it with Mandalorian, just like you did uh, for another reason is while we know that Darth Vader is a badass, like we see him one-on-one fight people. Sure. We see him force choke people. We see how everyone's scared of him. Mm. in those first three movies. If you really think about it outside of his one-on-one duels, we never see him be a badass. 
and yeah. see why people are so terrified. It's just an imposing, yeah. like, countenance. Yeah. And you don't even see that, to your point, Q, in the prequels, which we should. Capital yes. S, should. So that one scene in Rogue One was almost that, like, hey, here's that, like, here's that honey that you all never knew you wanted. It's like, yeah. oh, this is, I never knew I needed to see this, but I needed to it's see also, this. Yeah. It, connects the, yeah. it connects those dots. Because yeah. at the end of episode three, you're just like, okay, I guess he's Darth Vader now. And it's kind of like a letdown. Like at no point do you, because like you said, people cower to Darth Vader. Like, why are they cowering? Like, I have seen nothing that he has done, like you said, outside slaughtering a bunch of children and Tusken Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Like, a two sleeping Tusken Raiders. Like, neither one of those enemies are like, imp like things you want to brag about. You know what I mean? Like, neither one's like, yeah. dude, I kicked a whole bunch of kids' asses. And it's like, yeah, but they were like right? six years old. Like, yeah, but there were a bunch of them. But they were Jedi six-year-olds. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but did you like kick a bunch of adult Jedi's asses? No, I haven't done that. Just one. I fought, and I honestly, one, I dude. lost I, <laughs> pretty badly. Yeah. <laughs> pretty significantly. Like, like, and so that's why I was like, you're right. I needed that, like, why the fuck are people afraid? And that and that scene is pretty short. Like I want to say it's like less than a minute long. But it 100 like in that moment i'm like oh but we also got one of those fucking crazy and what i was saying about mandalorian is we get that with boba fett too yes finally agreed and it's not a, an also a long fight scene but man when he takes a tuscan raider stick and breaks a stormtrooper when helmet, you see the helmet shatter i was like oh <laughs> like oh, i needed, cool i knew boba fett was a badass but sure. really, you see him be scary, and then you see him die. All right, spoiler ban has got to be lifted by now. That the best, most badass Boba scene is the fucking uh, the post credit scene of the finale of Mandalorian season two when he like walks into Jabba the Hutt's palace and he fucking Just shoots. Uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Uh, oh, the, the I can't remember his character's name. Yeah, 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 but he kills him, and then just the way he like sits on the throne and he's just kind of like comfy. Yeah, he's like I'm Bye fucking now. Boba, and then uh, Ming is it Ming Na Wen? That's her yeah. name, right? Yeah, she like sits with just a <laughs> bottle of booze like on the side of it, like yeah, motherfuckers, like yeah. what now? <laughs> and like, I was like, that is cool. Like that way is how go, I want to sit. Dad. So now, like when I enter rooms and I sit to talk with people, I'm just like <laughs> intergalactic <So>. man spread. <laughs> it's just so it's so like unnecessary, but so cool. Like you immediately look cool, just like I'm relaxed. This is just <laughs> we we in my house now. Yeah. Uh, Welcome. So yeah, so that's my number, my number three. Uh, that was so far. These are great lists. I'm very excited uh, to continue on with our two and one. But yeah. before then, we have to, you know, appease the corporate gods and listen to some sponsors. Come on down to Perth. 
perfection. It's a kitten, not a cat. Bakery, because we definitely don't make our products out of kittens. Of course not. <laughs> we have nothing but actual baked goods and nothing else. No actual meat. That Because that would be crazy. And, and sometimes with, when there's police reports that say different, you just can't believe them because this is perfection. It's a bakery. It's, it's, it's all it is. It's bakery. <laughs> Becky's right. That would just be silly to ever imagine that we'd actually bake a kitten. That's just silly. We have baked goods, cookies, and such. And, and the book of cookies have sprinkles, and, and sometimes you may have watched the news on Channel 4 and seen their investigative report about, about corporate douchebags and seen us with bags of kittens, but that was, that don't believe it, because the news is doctored and you gained 10 pounds. You don't have to worry about any of those things, like with those silly Chinese restaurants where they may be actually eating kittens, because here it's just baked goods. Because even with Channel 8 did their invest... Only pay attention to that first part of what Becky said, because there is literally no kittens at all present during our baking experiences. Let's, that's it. Hey, honey, let's just tell them about the baking. Hey, it may look like a kitten, but I'll tell you what, it's just perfection. Yeah, just actual life-like kitten cookies. Last week, Freddie, I didn't. But I went down to San Fernando Annex Health Medical Plaza mm-hmm. and got me some of them new weather vanes. What the hell's a weather vane? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Frankie. A weather vane <laughs> yes. called Indio Legs, and it runs blood just like a regular vane, but it tells you the weather. Oh, snap. Yeah, I just know. What the weather's gonna be like? Like before, you could ask me what the weather's gonna be like, and I was like, ah, Frankie, I don't know. And but now, if you ask me what the weather's gonna be like, I'd be like, you know what, Freddie? That I think it's raining. Hey, Bobby, what? What's weather? <laughs> well, weather is all around us. It's like the force. What? Yeah, fairy. <laughs> Sponsors are done. Well, oh, that was boring. It was the it was the most boring, probably, that we've had. Yeah. yeah, I hate every one of those sponsors. Just the worst. They're the worst. They can you know what? They can take their money back. Well, Uh-oh. technically they can't because they never gave us money in the first place. And we spent it. <laughs> well, that's why I was saying we never got any money in the first place. <laughs> So, if they could put another check in the mail, that would be great. But also, we love the you. Worst. <laughs> uh, so this is it, Mia. This this is for all the marbles. We're down to our two and one. Okay. What do you, what do you got for us? 
my number two. I like that. It looks like you're like almost like cracking knuckles. Like, all right. Things yeah, about to get exactly are, are there skulls on your sweater, by the way? Skulls. Oh man, I knew Sick. we. Yeah, I knew we got the right. Yeah, that's awesome. we made the right You're choice. Awesome. You're skulls. awesome. Sweater skills. My my number two is Rogue One. Yeah! <laughs> Wowie, zowie! Pew 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 pew. pew, pew. That's why you were so falls. quiet. Yes, <laughs> it literally falls perfectly with overthrowing a a government a an entity that is ruling people and things and totally wrecking it um and then also good from a more personal perspective it gave me a hispanic lead who got to keep his accent and a strong female role and and it hit me in both wonderful ways and i was just very happy watching it and it also give um, huge thumbs up to felicity jones just Yes, who's in that movie, right? Yeah, her name right. Yeah, Yeah. Felicity Jones. Okay, she's amazing. She really amazing in it. She really, really is. Also, um, uh, Papa Urso, aka um, what's his name? Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. There is never a time I don't want to see that man in a movie. (laughs) Dude, the opening scene when hit with him and Ben Mendelsohn just in the field. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fantastic. Also, exactly. one of the best Alan Tudyks of the Tudyk-verse. Yes. Uh, and he's got know, a lot of good ones. Also, let, let us not forget Riz Ahmed, who is a fucking awesome actor and has a badass new movie out called The Sound of Metal. And if nobody's yes. seen it yet, Holy hell. Fucking it shit, is gonna, man. It's going to win some Oscars for sound design. The sound design is mesmerizing in that movie. Do you do you know about this movie, Mia? Nope. Riz Ahmed, uh, look him up. He's awesome. A he's he was, a great actor. We saw the he's night also of. A rapper. Yeah, uh-huh. he's also a rapper. He's awesome. But he uh, in the sound of metal, he plays a metal drummer who goes deaf over the course of the movie, and oh. it's it is one of his best performances if not oh, his best man. performance the night of is, is also an amazing there. performance he is swole he is swole. He looks metal. badass oh so you mean this is going to be lovely from multiple yeah for multiple yeah for years. sure especially if you like frosted tips yeah he's all he's all about them blonde frosted tips but no it's it's incredible he's across the board an amazing actor although can i be completely honest about rogue one Yes. I kind of think he's wasted in Rogue One. I agree. I, I think wanna... the fact that they make him sort of mind melded and impotent for like 60% of his screen time, I think he is misused mm-hmm. for a large portion of that film. Not that that takes anything away from the film. I just think he could have better served the story and maybe a different, more influential role. And then that brain dead person could have been something else. I'm hoping that he is going to pop up in the cash and Andor series. That would be cool. That would I be feel really like cool. his star is at that perfect, like height where it's not like too high that he won't do television, but it's also mm-hmm. like high enough that Disney would like make an effort to like bring yeah. him back into the fold kind of thing. But Mia, um, another one that you mentioned that I don't want to skate by is the very first thing that I th- I saw him pop up in was the the night of, which was an which HBO is miniseries, amazing. And it's basically 
he is arrested for a crime that he says he didn't commit, but every single piece of evidence points to him. Points to the fact that he did. And no one wants to represent him except for John Turturro, who is amazing in it. Uh And it's about just them trying to piece together what happened against a system that just really does not care about this lower class brown kid. Yeah, and that's that's the big thing. So it's mostly about the fact that he is foreign and he's Muslim. And it's a it's a very much about kind of how the system is gamed against the Muslim community. Yeah. You know, like and ruins it's, his dad's business and like it but it's it was, really well, fucking good series. Like really, really good. I have um, some really weird facts. Did you know that uh oh the guy who played Tony Soprano, um, James Gandolfini, uh-huh, he got like a posthumous award for that show because he executive yeah, he, produced it, developed it, I, and was supposed to star in it, but I, then died. As the John Turturro character. He was, yeah, he was supposed to be... to be the John Turturro character, but he died before it could be filmed. And so they literally just picked up everything he had done and kind of rewrote the and part for it. John Turturro. But okay. he was included in all the awards that the show won, yep. which is super That's cool. That's amazing. It, was super, have, it is super cool. two things for Rogue <sighs> One. Okay. One, one thing. Uh, well, the first thing. Rumi watched the original Star Wars film four um, yep. in theaters back when you can, could only buy it. And he purchased tickets over 30 times to watch it because he loved it that much. And Rogue One is his favorite. So yeah. longstanding yep. fan, he, we watched it together actually in, in our little theater <laughs> five minutes Aww. down the road. <laughs> um, I love that. And he loved it, but it was a, uh, what sold it for me outside of that was actually listening to toxic fans enjoy that movie. That is a testament. That is yeah. an accomplishment, a feat, if you will. If yep. toxic fans are like, yeah, this one. We yeah. like this one. This is good. So that those are my ending notes. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. I totally, I totally agree and love it. Uh, Jay, what do you got for a number All two? Right. I'm bringing us back Is it Rogue One? It's not, unfortunately. Like I said, most of mine are terrestrial. Sure. Um, so I'm bringing this back down to planet Earth. Okay. My number two is literally just a favorite of mine, but it is in this vein of control and being wrapped up in this bigger thing. And it's Will Smith's Enemy of the State. Ah, that was my honorable mention. My number uh, two is also Enemy of the State. Is it really cute? Yes, oh, it is. Okay. That yes, it movie... Is. To me, when I'm thinking of government overthrow movie or a conspiracy movie or even a coup movie, because that's kind of what that movie is about, is senators and other people trying to establish a coup using digital surveillance technology and basically holding the government hostage. And Will Smith, this normal dude, gets wrapped up in it because of Jason Lee, a bird photographer. Holy hell, that's so fun to say. Like this yep. whole movie and and everywhere along the line in this year movie, you're like, wait, is that Seth Green? Wait, is that someone else famous? Wait, Ridley Scott directed this? This is so much fucking fun. And it everything is, uh, about that movie is just so much fucking fun. I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, I will say that it there were two movies that were interchanged for my number two one that almost made it, I'll put it out there. If anybody has it, just don't say anything, but uh, was Wag the Dog. 
was high on I my like list. That, that was um, an honorable mention for me, by the way. Because it's one of the greatest, like, it, it basically just shows how the government spins everything. But for me, it wasn't enough about, like, an overthrow, if you Agreed. There's just so government workings. Yeah, I so that's came to the same that's, conclusion. That's what removed it from the list and instead put enemy of the state. I almost like spoiled my enemy of the state choice when you said earlier eagle eye cuz I I almost showed my cards cuz I was going to respond to that with yeah, it's eagle eye. It's basically enemy of the state, was, but enemy of the state was way better. <laughs> agreed, I, agreed. I actually I, watched that one as a child. Oh, I I watched it a hundred times. It was on TBS all the time. It was oh, great. Yeah. Um, and I I need to correct myself. I said Ridley Scott. It was his brother Tony. Sorry, Tony everybody. Scott. Hold your tweets. Hold your tweets. I got it. Sorry, but <laughs> um, but yes, like <laughs> it it was all of that. I mean, everything that you guys just said, and then like I said, you got Gene Hackman and John Voight and Regina King and just uh, Barry it, Barry Pepper is in it. Jesus, it's just so good old Barry Pepper. It's exciting and fun and it uh yeah, I, it was um and that was why I made the eagle eye reference earlier was I didn't want to reference enemy of the state. Enemy of the state, which I totally I get it. now. I totally understand Perfect. that. And this well, that's awesome. enemy of the state does not end at like a tuba concert or something. <laughs> eagle Nor eye ends it. at like a it ends at a concert oh, I, and has yeah, to do with a tuba. A yeah. Also, Shia LaBeouf. No, thank you. Uh, so that's a solid. That is a Will, solid number two. Will so, Smith at his actiony best, in my opinion. That and like Independence Day. There, there is one movie that I haven't heard mentioned that I'm surprised, at least from Jay. Mia, I don't know your tastes enough yet to be able Ooh. to predict, but I'm surprised I haven't heard this movie. So it makes me interested to see if Jay and I have the same number one and i would love if mia we also have the same number one but jay do you feel like know. it's possible that somebody shares your number one i don't i don't Fuck. Oh, no. okay we'll see though we'll see maybe maybe mia and i i hope i'm sending brainwaves to you mia this is one of my favorite movies of all time okay okay um and my number one is v for vendetta my number one is V for Vendetta. That is amazing. And I didn't even think of V for Vendetta. How could you not think of V for Vendetta? It's no, literally I... about overthrowing the government. It, you know use, Anonymous you know uses his mask. You uses the Guy Fox how, mask. How about this? Okay. I'm going to throw in a weird curveball here. Okay. My number one is the original Manchurian Candidate. Oh, okay. Mainly because I think it represents everything stereotypical and everything we now believe of as a government overthrow or coup-based movie. Sure. A lot of things that I said earlier related to what Mia was saying. Okay. Sure. But I'm willing because Mia already mentioned Manchurian Candidate. Sure to replace my number one with V for Vendetta because I believe that every point you guys are about to make, I'm going to agree with a thousand percent. <laughs> and because I was mainly thinking of our government or earth-based sure. governments, I did sure. not think of graphic novel fiction-based governments. And that sure. is uh, my fault. 
and I think I should uh, retcon my mistake. All right. I'll allow so my it. number one is also V for Vendetta. Yeah! That yeah! means we get to put in the log another Jinxies episode for yep. V for Vendetta, which would be awesome. Um, good. Well, let's all just gush about V for Vendetta for a little bit then. I'm going to gush about uh, the actor who's Hugo Weaving real quick yep. before we yeah. actually go into the, uh, the plot. But okay. uh, one, I have been informed that he's not the most fun actor to work with. That he's <laughs> I was just, I was literally about to say, I would love to gush about him, but I've heard that he's kind of a huge dick. Yeah. I, I've heard he's a huge dick as well, uh, which is unfortunate. I can see it. Yes. Sure. But, but the challenge of being able, of having to act with body movements and voice only and not your face is, his ability to do that in this film is absolutely impeccable. And mm. it, I can't let us talk without expressing no. the importance of him being able to do that because not very many actors can do that at all. I can't and disagree I'll, with that at all. And his, uh, he deserves an Oscar just for the speech he gives with all the V's in it. Oh. The similitude of in my vivisection. Um, something, <laughs> stuff like that. I don't even know. I, what was more exciting was I didn't even know that many V words existed. I know. Put together in one paragraph. That to lasted make, that long. To be able to make sense. <laughs> yeah, pretty spectacular. And also if we're talking actors and performances, uh, I'll throw out Natalie Portman in this one. She really impressed me. Like before I, I enjoy Natalie Portman as an actor. Um, I She's hit or miss in some things, I believe. I agree. But her dedication with V for Vendetta, I remember the fact that it came out that she actually shaved her head for the role. And I remember at the time being like, wow, I haven't heard of Mad Max Fury Road yet. This is intense. Like, I I remember being like, wow, this, and it worked. It's good. It's it's meant and it's important for the, for the plot and the story and her character. And it's just great. Like every, I don't yeah. know, I... She the, is great in it. And a lot of it is basically weighted on her shoulders. Yeah, her my, weaving. My, uh, my thing that I got to call out here is essentially not a performance based, but more the story. The reason that it really resonated with us, with me personally, and the reason it sh immediately shot to my mind when making this list was essentially what was happening in this movie to a degree and people can whine and cry all you want. We opened the episode by saying QAnon sucks. So if anybody's listening that's still a Trump or QAnon supporter, fuck you. I don't want you listening to the show anyway. QAnon is stupid and sucks. It's stupid. But I will say this. it The fact that there were... Um, I mean, in V for Vendetta, you basically have a uh, news figurehead who is the mouthpiece for the government that is controlling the people and the people tune into this news. And that is essentially, they are told in the movie to trust no other news source other than this one that is actually run by the government. And that the fucking concept of that blew my mind. Cause when I saw that movie, you know, all those years ago when it came out, that wasn't even like an inkling in my head. I was like, oh, what a crazy dystopian future this must be. <laughs> right. And then 
And then to have lived through the past four years of having the leader of our country essentially disenfranchise people from believing any other news source than the one that he promoted blew my fucking mind. Like I legitimately was like, do people not watch movies? That's what I always do shout when not watch things movies. Happen. I was like, do people not watch movies? We've seen this. Like, we know well, how this ends. What are we doing here? And the fact that, like, if you when you go back and watch V for Vendetta and you're watching, like, the news person, you're like, wow, that's just like if Alex Jones and Tucker Carlson were, like, <laughs> became together a in yes. a person. And, like, if you're thinking, wow, that sounds like a person I'd want to be friends with, you're wrong. Like that's a terrible yes. person, and so he yeah, I that character was insane. I will say, I will say, uh, and just to to put it out there, maybe, and it's a bit part, but Stephen Fry might be my favorite part of that whole movie. Mm. Yes, St- Stephen Fry is a great actor in general, and great I thought human. It, well, not in this movie, but yes, no, no. <laughs> in reality, he is a great human. I agree. Um, and maybe one of the best like British figureheads to yeah. like come out of the entertainment industry. Um, he is a great part of the movie. It it was an awesome movie when I saw it initially. And the fact that I have been able to, and I, I rewatched it probably a year ago, maybe. Um, and the fact that it like uh, 10,000% holds up. Like it, Mm-hmm. It is still a visually beautiful movie. Like it's beautifully shot. Um, it is deftly directed and the performances are fantastic. But the fact that I literally watched this movie, you know, when did it come out? Like 10 years ago. And then slowly watched certain aspects of it like happen. Six, 16, my man. Yeah, 16 years ago. Holy shit. I know. Um the fact that we could watch aspects of this come to fruition was mind boggling. Like as soon as the, like what's crazy is when the guy Fox mask started popping up in anonymous videos, my first thought was it's fucking V for Vendetta. <laughs> like I wasn't thinking guy Fox. I was thinking V for Vendetta. Um, and the fact that, I mean, Anonymous, to an extent, over the past four years especially, has played kind of that role of, like, trying to wake up people and mm-hmm. and sp- leak government information. I was like, dude, like, V for Vendetta is happening. Like, that's a movie that, like, is was a graphic novel, is now, or yeah. then a movie, and is now transitioned oh. to reality. <laughs> it's been remade now into yeah. reality. Yeah, we're somehow living like true, like last action hero. But yeah, it's wild. With that movie. Does yeah, it's wild. Favorite quote from the movie, aside, aside from the V. The V speech? Right. Yeah, monologue. Uh, not off the top of my head, but I know that you do. So I do. I just, I just had to look it up because uh, that's another movie that Ruby and I have watched often. Anytime it pops up, we're watching yeah. it doesn't matter where it's at. It could be at the end, at the beginning, doesn't matter. We're going to watch it. And the one line (laughs) you'll sometimes actually just say for the sake of saying it is we are being buried beneath the avalanche of your inadequacies, Mr. Creedy. That's one of my favorites. Oh, I do. I do. I like that. That's a badass thing to say to somebody. It is. It is. is. Uh, 
Rumi has used it before. He's prior military. He's used it on his. I have to before. say before. <laughs> I have to say every time you say Rumi, Rumi, in my mind, it has lost the meaning of a roommate and has now become a person's name. Name. And yeah. I immediately think like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion for some reason. That's and funny. so now your male roommate has essentially become like a- uh, Lisa Kudrow? Uh, no, the other one, what's her name? Um, oh, geez. All right, let's Because uh, uh, Rumi is, uh, I want to say Mia. I'm pretty sure it's name. Romy it? though. Romy. I know, no, I know. It is Romy. Oh, okay. Oh, but uh, oh, I, get Mia, it. I don't know. Mia Sorvino. Mia Sorvino. I knew it was a Mia. Uh, but yeah, so now in my head, your roommate is Mia Sorvino for some reason. Like, I know that that's not even the case, but every time you're confusing. like, me and Rumi, and Rumi says this all the time, but my brain has like morphed it into Romy and then morphed her into uh uh, Mira, Mira Mira Sorvino. Sorvino. <laughs> but see that's even more confusing now because when people call they're like is Mia there and they're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's terrible it's terrible but yeah so anyway that was just a total aside but I had to tell you because you've said it a couple times in this conversation and I was like I've got to tell her that this is like where my brain goes when she says that I um the, the final thing I do want to ask about it with, with this movie, and Q, I think we've talked about it before, because I always misattribute this movie to being directed by the Wachowskis. Um, oh, sure. Or, and, but it's not. It's James McTeague. And as you said, the movie is definitely directed. Like, it looks and feels and moves really well. Yeah. I have not seen another thing that this guy has done. That Didn't is, he do that Ninja well. Assassin? He did, but it's not great. I he did. It was bad. Andrews, I mean, it's not bad, fun. but it's not awesome. It's fun, and but it is another visually really well done movie, yeah. though. It, visually, yes, he did the Raven. I didn't see not, that. Which is with, not the uh, Edgar Allan Poe John, movie with um with John Cusack, right? With John Cusack, not By very way, good. That guy, that guy is not a nice guy at all. Who? John Cusack. John Cusack. He is factually terrible. He seems Aww. like a dick. Yeah. I That's like his movies. He's, he's I like his movies, but he seems like a that um feels jaded because he his high didn't keep going. Oh, and sure. so now he treats everyone like crap because Is he jealous of his sister crazy. being on Shameless? And like well, when Joan Joan Cusack? <laughs> yeah. Uh she still has a very active career. The only the only like actor Joan. that I've ever met like that. Uh was uh jamie kennedy <laughs> jamie kennedy was a bit of a i dick. totally can believe and i totally can believe that he because in the 90s he was like the it dude you know what i mean he was everywhere he, was he had the jamie jamie kennedy experiment uh he had the fucking uh malibu's most wanted he was like headlining comedy films he was the dude and then uh a year or two uh ocon actually jay he was at mm -hmm. Ocon and there was no one at his table to get his autograph on any of the days. Like no one cared. And rough. he, I, I overheard him yelling at his assistant and it was just like, ew, like this sucks. Well, the, like, the I know it sucks that nobody's getting your autograph, but also like, it's not your act fault. <laughs> you're acting like a butthole. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
here's the thing, and he may not like this example, uh, but I think it's apt. He's basically like the early aughts Polly Shore, and I don't yes. think he realizes it. Right. It was he was like, like a Shore gimmick, realized and then everybody's what, like, what eh, we're over it. <laughs> yeah, Polly Shore realized what he is, and then has able been able to kind of course correct to a degree in yeah. some funny ways but jamie kennedy is still not accepting it's like i'm gonna be in scream six it's like no you're not you're not you didn't even get a con before Did um, you? yes and ironically enough it was with Rumi. we had attended a con in uh new orleans he was there it was I, it was where i met um do i have my husband up there no i don't he's downstairs in the other room <laughs> uh, Chris Evans. I met I met Chris oh, Evans. Nice. America's ass. Yes. And yep. um Jamie Kennedy was there, but we went and talked to Casper Van Diem is who we went to talk to. Oh nice. And oh, Jamie nice. Kennedy was next to him and I was in my original cosplay character cosplay and he was over the moon about my cosplay but I was shy and I felt now oh, I feel bad cuz I pro he probably wanted me to go talk to him and I did talk to him I was like <laughs> He wasn't very busy. He was not. He was not. Yeah. He was definitely listening in on our conversation with Casper. <laughs> nice. Casper Van Dien, quality dude. Oh. Fucking Starship Trooper. He was actually really awesome. nice. He, he, was actually, he, was he seems like he would be a self aware dude. That is, like, that is exactly. Like, the I am Casper Van Dien. I know what kind of movies I'm in, and I'm totally cool with it. Absolutely. And I have the name Casper Van Dien. Yeah, which is also just a cool name. <laughs> I am named after a sweet ass kids movie from the nineties, <laughs> but with a little uh, side of you know spice. Yeah, a little little sex appeal. Yeah, <laughs> little almost Van Dam, but not. Right. It was. Um... But you may be like Casper Van Dam. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I want to see like a really jacked Casper, like Casper and Van Dam, like doing doing splits. New New Casper, a spirited new beginning, starring Casper Van Dien. What? Starring Dave Bautista as Casper Van Dien. As Casper Van Dam. As Casper the Friendly Ghost. So bad. It's like the expendables, but with ghosts. Oh my God. Uh, would you guys show V for Vendetta to your kids? Uh, it was the first yeah. thing I at made. Their, at their uh, ages now? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was the first thing I made Chandler watch when her eyes opened. Wow. I just That's held an good. iPad over no, her. No, he like, her eyes face. opened, but he also used those little eye props like in uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> To, like hold her little oh, baby no. eye. <laughs> well, she was a baby, and it's a long movie, and she's sleepy. <laughs> she was just but it's important, and she needs to watch it. This is what the world is. You guys make some cute babies. Thank hey, you. Thanks. Both of you got cute babies. Thanks. I would, love I would to take credit for that, but I actually have not physically made any of the babies that are, that are mine. I would say Haley is really good at making babies. You've contributed, um, you know. I have contributed somewhat, and yeah. I contributed to the care, the gestation, gestational care of the person but, who created the baby. Exactly. Um, so, so it's like, involved. yeah. All right. So I'll take it by extension. Sure. I'll yeah. take. Please tell your wives. 
but I appreciate Thank you. babies. Yeah. Uh, very welcome back. I say that all the time. I say that to Haley. I'm like, hey, I appreciate you for this baby. This baby is pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> this baby uh, is pretty, agree. pretty awesome. We got pretty, pretty good baby. Great job on this. Good great, job. Great job on, on, on this, on this baby. On this life, this being, this humanoid creature that, that you have you, brought forth. Well done. Good fabricated. job. Frankenstein's been trying for years to get this shit right. You did it without even trying. It just happened. Big boom. boom. Created life. It's alive! No one even had to get hit by lightning. Yeah. We just do it for fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we don't have to. No one had yeah. to, but they did. We just, yay. That's why my kids like powder. <laughs> Bald, I mean, pale, and can they control don't, magnets. <laughs> but let's be very clear. They don't like the movie powder because it's very uncomfortable. Right. They're all addicted to cocaine is what I meant. They're, they yeah. like powder. <laughs> I love powder. <laughs> all right. Speaking of. <laughs> all right. Honestly, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> Honestly, I think, I think our top five almost did itself because V for Vendetta I think it, shared. I think it did too. Rogue One, you both had yeah. very high. But you both Three... have Enemy of the State as your number two. Oh, yeah. that's true. So, so I, I would say because of that, Enemy of the State would be two. Rogue One would get bumped down to three. Yeah. And then Captain America would be four. Because both Mia and I shared. Yep. And then America I think Hunger Soldier. Games would be five. Because Mia yep. and I both shared Hunger Games. Yep. yep. So, all right, Mia, read it back. That was ours. This one fell into line because it was great and easy. Truly, give me just a second, make sure I have everything in line here. One, two, where's my three? Oh, three, three, four, five. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the top movies about coups. At number five, we have The Hunger Games. Pow, pow. At number four, we have Captain America, Winter Soldier. America's ass. At number three, we have Rogue One. And two. They're all dead. <laughs> At number two, we have Enemy of the State. Enema. Not Eagle Eye. Not. <laughs> Hashtag not Eagle Eye. And number one, we have V for Vendetta. A very venerable verisimilitude of vasectomies. Vasectomy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hold on ha, ha, i never want to have a vasectomy uh, categorized as voracious <laughs> okay Get a voracious know. vasectomy i'm not ah! i agree <laughs> why i mean that sounds I mean, the, end the end result is i can't have kids let's just say that it worked either way yep that's a good list and honestly if people are going to go watch movies about governments being overthrown this is the way to go. Yep. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna prop your infants' eyes open and force them to watch five movies back to back of government overthrow, this is that this list. Is, <laughs> this, this is, is way, way better than watching the news. Yeah, true. Or Sesame Street. <laughs> watch, this. watch these. Program your children. We have reached the end of another high five the podcast episode. 
It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on iTunes Stitcher Google Play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five star rating to show us some love what's the worst that could happen no antidote for the poison you just drank? Maybe. See you next week. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.